Ori Styler, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. Tired. <laughs> Week one's done, so that's where I hear my voice getting husky. But mm. other than that, I'm really good. I'm really enjoying this year up here. It's really, really nice. Weather's great. People are great. Comedy has been fantastic. I'm yeah. having a good time, man. Because this, this is your first full fringe. First full fringe. I came here last year when there was only like a half a fringe going on. Mm. I did like four dates. Um, and it was the first time of me doing anything within fringe period in Edinburgh. So this year I said I'm going to do a whole full fringe. I weren't really um, weren't like for it in the beginning, but now absolutely love it. Because your social posts were full of beans and full of energy. How are you feeling now? You're about a week or so into it. I still have the beans and the energy, but my voice is telling me, look, calm down. Because mm. there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, shows you've got to get through and you've got to at least try and do the voices that you can do as well as on top of that be able to do your own show so yeah yeah and how are you treating it so um most important thing is sleep but one night that i didn't get sleep that i wanted i got like four hours normally i'm seven hours tidy i got four hours and then the next day i woke up did my show did a podcast and then also did um spank mm. so spank finishes like 2 30 in the morning so it was a whole long day mm. and trained at the gym and all sorts and that was what mashed up my voice that was yesterday so today I'm feeling it, but I, all it's going to take is some sleep, some um, some uh, mint tea, honey, and uh, I'll be okay. Yeah. A couple of nights, and I'll be back to normal. So uh, the show is green. It's at yes. the Pleasance Courtyard at the Attic. Yes, nine forty-five. Yes, um, I saw the show Sunday night. I think you I saw did. It. Yes. Yeah. Um, great show. Thank you. The energy in that room is electric. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, how is it going for you? Um, so because I toured the show before Edinburgh. Um, we did 14 dates in March and April. Uh, the show was already kind of formulated. Mm. The issue I had was cutting it down from one hour 20 to 55, 60 minutes maximum. Oh, okay. So that has been a bit, I mean, we're, we're there now. That has been the trick, the, 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 the challenge. But other than that, once we got that groove, keeping the energy up, it, the time flies by. Mm. And as long as the crowd are loving it, I'm happy. And they seem to be loving it. So it seems to be going pretty good. And for those who are interested, what's the show about? So Green is a play on different things and themes I, I talk about. So Green relates to um, all the topics, whether it be the color, the word. And then at the end, as you know, there's like a, a thing that rounds it all off as yep. to why it's all conjoined. Um, the show itself is... Um, the show itself has got elements of, you know, what everyone's talking about, the, handling the past couple of years. Um, just, you know, everyday lives and how things have changed. Mainly, the, the big heavy thing it lent on was how we all dealt with our mental and physical health during the past couple of years. And um, just the changes that have happened in my life. Mm -hmm. But all of them are relative to the, to the word or the colour green. And also, hopefully, relative to the people that are listening to the show as well. Uh, how you describe it in three words? Energetic, um, hilarious, relatable. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, so one of, the, one of the elements in the show, which doesn't, it's not a spoiler for it, yeah. but you mentioned how you um, lived in Wembley. Yes. Is that where you started doing stand-up? So was I in Wembley when I started stand-up? Uh, I think I was at Wembley or moving from Wembley to Harrow. Yep. So near enough the same area, down the road from each other. But yeah, Wembley I was, has, been my, has been my upbringing. I'm nice. a Londoner. Through, through Northwest London, gang, gang. Yeah, so Wembley's been, been my upbringing. Yeah, that's me. When you were gigging around, yeah. how, would, is there a difference at all between like a West London audience and like a, a, a South London audience or an East London audience? Oh, there's different audiences around the country. Um, 
And in London, yeah, you do get a little bit of a difference. Generally speaking, it it's not so much the area. It depends on where in the area. Like, a West London audience is going to be very different from, I don't know, Labbrook Grove mm. to Southall. South London audience can be different from Clapham to Peckham. It just depends on where. There are so many sub-communities within different regions of London yeah. that there is so much differences. And I can't pinpoint South are like this, Easter like that, because there are so many different subcultures within each side of London. Yeah. Um, and also you mentioned about moving from Wembley yes. to a little village. Yeah, I'm in Bedfordshire now. Yeah. A little village called Great Denham. Best, one of the best decisions I could have ever made in my life. One, house prices. Two, space. Like, you don't know how important it is until you, uh, I say this in the show, until you're told you've got to stay home all the time, mm -hmm. that you have to have space to stay home in. And I think for me it was, um, it was an eye-opener living out of London and moving to an area where outside is quiet. It's a little bit more slow. It's a little slower pace. Yeah. Um, and when I drive there, I feel like my body is naturally saying it's time to slow down. It's time to switch off. You're going home. What I assume people that have like a holiday home feel when they drive from wherever their real home is and then their holiday home yeah. where it's their home, but they slow down a bit. They stay, they relax a bit more. And, and that's what I kind of wanted because being in London all the time, you're only a phone call away from someone saying, can you come and cover me here? Which is convenient to one degree. But on the other degree, when you feel like you have to, especially <laughs> with it paying your, your mortgage or your rent or whatsoever. Yeah. Like, it's not always healthy. You want to be yeah. able to switch off and feel like you're away from it all. Yeah. Do you miss London? Nah, I'm always down there. Oh, okay. I'm always, I'm always down there for shows or for work, and I just don't miss it. When you go down there, you're reminded traffic. You're reminded of how much things cost. You're reminded of not being able to park everywhere. The noise. Like, the noise, mate. When I, <laughs> like, when I moved to, to Bedfordshire, the silence was deafening. Mm. And people don't understand that. When it's so quiet, when you're walking around, that it's, it's, you notice how quiet it is. Yeah. Now, I don't want to be somewhere where there's a whole load of noise every single night. Yeah. I, I like the relaxation and the switching off vibe. Because I'm similar. So, so I grew up in London, lived in London. Yeah. For the last 10 years living in Ealing in West London. Okay, yeah. And then in October, I moved to Norwich, of all places. Oh, that's a big jump. So, yeah, you know the vibe. Yeah. Going from Ealing, Ealing's busy as well. Mm -hmm. So from Ealing to Norwich, yeah, you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, it, like, I've been back to London a few times. I'm like... Oh, I don't miss this at all. I'm the same as you. Like, you don't you you come in, you can get your little taste of it, but what you pay for when you're in London is the oh. convenience of locality. Yeah, and some say the access to all these different things that are going on. You have that. Like, we're in Edinburgh right now. So much is popping off, mm. and even when we're not doing the festival, Edinburgh's a very busy place anyway. Yeah. So. You don't have to be in London for that to happen. You can be in other places. It's just London's just way too expensive. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, heading back into the comedy stuff, um, tell us about uh, And Friends. Okay, so Ori Styler and Friends is my opportunity to show you the other side of what I've been doing in comedy. I've been putting on comedy shows since 2010. 2010, yeah, the same year I started comedy. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about me. It's about bringing other comedians who make me laugh, who make me really enjoy comedy day to day mm. giving them a platform to perform they all have their own platforms anyway but it's nice to just to for other comedians to go let me bring some of my friends to laugh in front of some of your friends so you can see who i like rather than just see me as a comedian so all your style and friends is all about that as well as on top of that energy vibes mm. it's like i would describe it as you're coming out to a show with your friends i love the vibe here the music <laughs> playing on someone's banner there um 
coming down with your friends. You don't know what's going to be said, what's going to happen. Music's going to play. Games are going to be played. Prizes are going to be won. It's just a night out with my friends. And obviously, it, it, that's a show that you can see here at the Fringe, but also there's plans for you to do it beyond as well. It's so I'm doing a tour, a mini tour of it in October. I've done... I've done shows like, I run a brand called Comedy Mania. We put on shows around the country for, like I said, since 2010 for a while. And rather than just do Comedy Mania as a show, uh, I decided, let me do one which is a bit more personal to me rather than just Comedy Mania's tour or Comedy Mania show. Let me do one with Ori Styler and Friends where I'm the host. People that may just like me, because mm. that, 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 that does happen a lot. People come out because it's your show. People that may see Comedy Mania go, I don't want to go to that show. Yeah. But like me, can come out and see me, but also see who I like around the country. So we're doing four shows, um, Bristol, Bedford, Birmingham, and London, uh, all in October. And there's, if I can remember the lineup, is Kane Brown, Jeff Innocent, uh, Joe Bingham, Luke Craig, Laura Smith, Trix, uh, Marlon Davis. And every show is different. The lineup will switch and swap around. Like yeah. three or four of them from one show will be one and then it'll switch around between different lineups. So you can come to more than one and get a vibe from each one. So who are your, your comedy influences and like heroes? Who are like, the other people who made you go, that's what I want to do? After doing comedy, I can't say there's a single person. Because mm -hmm. there's not people I don't like no, and yeah. respect. Um, but like growing up? I mean. Growing, uh, yeah. Because there's so many that I love after like becoming a comedian <laughs> oh i love <laughs> no, this no I'm, I'm leaving this in leaving this in this is yeah. the silent walking disco the, yeah like, I'm gonna yeah so let me describe what i see right now people before i answer the question there's a silent disco making a lot of noise they're all singing a song together we can't hear what they're singing but they've got headphones on and whatever they're singing they're singing in unison so to us it's just people singing out loud and clapping but they're having a silent disco on the road it's beautiful <laughs> Anyhow, what was anyway, I saying? Yeah, uh, heroes. Growing up, I used to listen to a lot of Richard Pryor, but yeah. not watch. I actually download the MP3s and listen to them, like, whilst I was on my way to school or when I was at home, I used to be obsessed with Richard. Uh, and then it would be people like um, Chris Rock and Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Right, we're talking Eddie in the, in the 80s, late raw. 80s, raw, yeah. delirious, rocking like the 90s and then bigger and blacker and stuff. Um, then you had Chappelle, like his Chappelle show, and then doing um, For What It's Worth, and I can't remember the one just before it. It's For What It's Worth, and I want to call, I want to say Dangerously for some reason. It's not that though. Mm. I can't remember the one just before. I should off the top of my head. But yeah, though, like they made me look at it going, this is fun. I really enjoy this. And they showed me there's a reason someone who is a bit of a class clown or a bit loud and energetic can have a channel to, and an outlet to be able to do what he does as a person when he's being bad in the classroom mm. can actually do it on the microphone and make money off of it. Those are my guys when I was younger saying, this is cool. So tell us about Respectfully, the podcast. My podcast, Respectfully, is a platform where me, my friend Mickey, who hasn't been doing it for me whilst I've been up here because he's not come up to the fruits. He's a, he's a boxer. Mm. Um, we invite people to come down and we just talk about stuff uh, as respectfully as we possibly can. And when I say respectfully, the reason we say that is because, how can I put it? Um, you know when you say stuff like I don't mean to be rude yeah and then you say something rude we try and we say respectfully before we say something which might be disrespectful was there, was there ever an option to go oh should, we should call it I don't mean to be rude nah I, I think that didn't really doesn't really hit as much no because if I say that on the we actually say respectfully on the podcast quite often okay so you might say something I might go hey hey respectfully respectfully 
No, I don't agree with you. Whereas we say, oh, I don't mean to be rude. I don't mean to be rude. It just doesn't land as much. No, no. <laughs> um, so with your expectations of the fringe, yeah. what were the things that you wish someone had told you? Like, no, no, you, know, no, you know what no one told me? Honest to God, nothing. And I'll tell you why. Mm. Uh, I had my ideas of what the fringe was based on what I'd heard before. And I didn't like it industry yeah people trying to pitch their shows trying to do the best to get seen and telly and stuff and you know what ideally to some degree if that happens it's great but if that's what your focus is you're missing the point there's an audience here that want to come and enjoy comedy there's a there's a there's people from all around the world that travel to this festival because it's such a it's one of the biggest entertainment and arts festivals in the world mm. People come here because they want to watch great comedy. And if you've got great comedy, come here and do it. Don't come here trying to figure out how do I get seen by the, like the industry people and only appeal to them because you'll be missing a wide audience of people that just love what you do. Yeah. And because I thought that was what it was, and to some degree it still is, I focused on that being the reason that people come up here. And I, once I figured out that I don't care about that, I care about the punters. Mm. I care about the, the average Joe that just wants to laugh. And I just stopped going, I'm doing this because I want to get a good review from people that, are, that may not like you just because they don't like you. Yeah. Reviewers that are archaic and you might be too contemporary for them. Mm. Those, I, when you ignore all of that and go, I don't care about the fives and the fours. And then, because there are shows that will get a one star and a five star from two different people. Yeah. Because I don't care about that. And I care about the ones who actually come to enjoy and watch the comedy shows. Yeah. That for me is what made it perfect. Nice. That's where I was like, you know what? I love that. But I had to come up here to do the, la the last year, the half a fringe, to see that for myself. Mm. And I'd rather have learned all of that years ago uh, than much later on in life, because then I may have come up a bit earlier. But again, time and a place for everything. Maybe it wasn't my time to. So the same with moving, but you know, there's a reason why you move at that, that certain yes. time in life. It's like, it, you, couldn't, you couldn't have done it. You wish you could have done it earlier, but in yourself, you yeah. could not have done that any of earlier. Of course, yeah. No. So... This podcast is called What Have We Learned? But because I'm at the Fringe, I'm doing What Have We Fringed? Which makes no sense at all. But with that, I'm asking, What Have You Fringed? What do you recommend? What do we, would I recommend here? Yeah. Other than myself. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I feel so bad trying to recommend my individual friends who do shows. That's fine. Because I'll miss one. I'll say this person and that person <laughs> and so on. So what I will recommend is rather than all the great shows, and there's a plethora of them that are people's like our shows, I recommend going down to see mixed bill shows like Spank, mm -hmm. right? Wacky wild night, but the comedians that are performing across the fringe go down there. It's a great night out. It's late. It's, it's naughty. They do like the naked promo down there where someone gets to promote something for one minute completely like to themselves on the stage, but they have to do it stark naked. Mm. It's wild. And you get to see <laughs> little tidbits of all of the shows that are going on because they invite all the people doing their hour shows to Spank. So if you want to find out what's great, go to Spank. And another one, Late and Live, yeah. just sim similar setup. People come down, loads of comedians doing their shows, check them out, and you'll be able to have a feel of who you want to see after seeing their 10, 15 minutes across the fringe. Ori Styler, 945 Pleasant Courtyard in the attic. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, bro.